neo nation where we believe in the rule of law, a civil society, self responsibility. And uh, although we do some pretty heavy podcasts sometimes, we also believe in having fun and looking at the lighter side of things. Important, but lighter side of things. And uh, we have a lot of great guests on this show. Today is one more. And this guest happens to be a really, really good friend of mine, a guy I respect and just have a lot of fun with. I want to say hello to Justin. Melnick, Justin, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on today, Mark. No, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Just very excited, real fortunate to have met you a few years ago when I was with the California Higher Patrol. Uh, everybody, I met Justin um, through uh, some fundraising efforts with the CHP, a Chips for Kids, a toy drive uh, a program that's been around for 30 years for the Higher Patrol. And uh, Justin, in his capacity, in his role, really, in Hollywood, I mean, just put us over the top with our fundraising efforts and with his connections, his enthusiasm. And uh, since then, we have just become very good friends. And um, Justin, uh, I know people know who you are. Uh, a, a big part of the reason that the CBS show SEAL Team is such a huge success. You are a driving force behind that with your technical advisement and your participation in front of the camera as well. So I would like to give you a chance just to talk about your, your uh, early experience in law enforcement and kind of how you came to be a part of uh, SEAL Team. Yeah, it's a really wild ride, you know. Um... Very fortunate, very, very lucky. I ended up in law enforcement uh, completely randomly. Uh, I was a combat photographer and overseas. Uh, worked every war zone, pretty much almost every war zone that we were in between uh, 2004 and 2009. Uh, ended in Afghanistan and uh, kind of wanted to put down the camera and stop documenting the problems and try and figure out a way to be part of the solution. Uh, so wanted to join the army, uh, was totally, was totally, uh, blown away by the, the caliber of human that I met in the armed forces while I was over in Afghanistan. And just was kind of like, you know, these are the people that I want to be around every day. These are the people that I want to be like, these are the people that are inspiring me to be better. Uh, so I started the process to join the army through a program, ended up backing out at the last minute, uh, which kind of sucks because it's one of those decisions that I will have to live with for the rest of my life, wondering, could I have made it? Could I have done it? Um, and then ended up in Los Angeles randomly for a girl and, uh, and was just kind of at the end of my, my rope. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go, what to do. Uh, met Jack Osborne, Ozzy's kid, out of all the people in the world, randomly met him through a mutual friend. And he was a police officer in Indiana. Um, he'd done a TV show there like four years prior, and he had maintained his uh, creds. So he invited me down to Indiana to come hang out for a couple of days and shoot some guns and hang out with the SWAT guys. And I'm like, okay, cool. I've got nothing else going on. So rolled down to Indiana with him and just fell in love. Just fell in love. Uh, ended up applying to four agencies out there in two counties and ended up uh, getting hired by all of them. 
uh, and ended up choosing to go with uh, the department that I'm at now because of the leadership there. You know, a man very much like you, Mark, just a, a leader from out front, uh, a man who does what he says and means what he says. And, you know, a man that believes in accountability and, you know, in a world where law enforcement has turned political, he's still a cop. And that's his, What's... that's his thing. So, you know, seeing seeing him in the way he led from out front, I was like, this is a guy that I want to be beside. This is a guy that I want to follow behind. Uh, and then ended up out there and it was just wild. It was, uh, it was such a, you know, great, great experience being in in America. Like when you're in Indiana, you're in America, California, New York city, it ain't America. There are parts of California that are American, but you know, New York city and California have lost what it means, what America means, the heart and the soul of this country. Um, and, uh, sadly, uh, and I messed up. Sorry. My phone is going on. Do not disturb right now. Oh. <laughs> Hang on one second. I'm not That's a tech all right, guy. man. <laughs> We're back. That makes two of us. So, um, so uh, yeah, it was just a wild ride. Ended up uh, working for a dude, doing some side work, uh, which got me very, very close to a lot of the dudes at SEAL Team Six uh, and a couple other military assets. And then the show kind of came up, and one of the dudes that I knew from SEAL Team 6, his name was Mark Owen, who wrote that book, No Easy Day, uh, mm -hmm. called me up and he was like, hey, uh, can you bring your canine out to, you know, uh, out to the thing? And I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. I mean, it was, it, forget, forget Hollywood, forget money. I don't really care about fame. I don't really care about money. I just want enough to be able to feed myself and my dogs. And now I guess I got to think about my kids, too. Um, <laughs> I would, I would hope so, Justin. That's nice. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like it, it, life. You know, money has never motivated any single decision I've made. Uh, mm -hmm. Every job I've ever had has been a hobby of mine, and I'm very fortunate. I just, I'm, I'm okay with living, living modestly, but doing exactly what I love every day. That's the important of being, being excited to wake up. So. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, TV show, that means they, they told me that we were going to have Blackhawks, uh, UH-60 Blackhawks for fast roping, uh, tunnel sets for CQB and odor detection. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this as, as, as what the military would refer to as a rut, a realistic urban training. So I brought my pup down uh, and um, the showrunner at the time, Ed Redlich, uh, God bless him. You know, one of the few, one of six people that have completely changed my life. And um, and he uh, he's like, yeah, you know, man, you should just be the dog handler. I'm like, oh, sir, don't you need to know how to act? He's like, nah, you'll figure it out. And like, storms off, typical Hollywood producer way. Oh, cool. Okay, we're doing this. Uh, and then by the end of the pilot episode. Uh, ben Caval, the creator of the show, had named my character and gave it the name of Brock. And uh, and then CBS called when the show got picked up and I had to ask my chief. And like, we only thought it would be six or seven months. Like, we didn't think it would be seven years. So That's crazy. So he's like, hey, you know, you're not going to get paid or anything, but, you know, you can go out there. Just make sure you maintain your state mandated trainings and be here when you can. Uh, 
and you know, seven years we've, we've been doing this, you know, my role has dramatically changed at the department. Uh, but in a good way, you know, it's like, like I, I want to be a cop. I want to be remembered as a police officer. I don't want to like, if I, being an actor is cool. It's a fun job. You know, if, if I can use that platform from Hollywood to push the agenda that I, that I find important, the charities that I find important. And I use this outreach to raise money for good causes, like we did for, for uh, chips for kids, you know, mm -hmm. then, then I'm, then, then it's worth it for me. It's a hundred percent worth it for me. But you know, I, I very aware that we are on the search for a very finite amount of time. Um, and I want to do good stuff while I'm here. Like, it. well, yeah, I want if I can chime in here because I, you, you've touched on so many things that uh, are really personal to me and important, and I think to, to our listeners and viewers as well. But there are a couple of things you talked about: leadership. You know, your chief of your of your agency, and obviously a, a gentleman who has a vision, sees the big picture. And, and, and saw an opportunity for you to really uh, be even more effective than you were working directly for him in Indiana, but having the influence that you do um, with countless number of people. Um, that was one thing. The other thing about your personal um, really commitment, and, and I've learned this about you, Justin, about helping other people. And I, I we talked about it a lot, but the number of people that you've introduced me to that helped me in my in my CHP career and continue to help me now in in the private sector uh, you know what I'm doing including the podcasting but just the network of good people that you know that have been drawn to you through uh you know really your selflessness um it's amazing uh, people can see right behind you the number of awards and and uh just the plaques back there but those all yeah indicate something about things that you have personally done or people you have personally assisted. And I'm one of them. And um, just fascinating um, how one person can and have such a, a good, and when I mean good, I mean that literally good people network that you do. You're good people that I've come to know through you and very much appreciate it. Can you dive into, because as long as I've known you and as many times we've talked about this, there is so much information that you have, so many experiences that very few people ever get to, um, you know, witness um, in, in in your capacity when you were overseas with the military. Can you can you talk to us about you know how how that may have kind of forged you in certain ways or things you saw? relationships that you build because those things are really all and eventually brought you to what you're doing now and you can relate to these scripts you can relate to the situations probably better than anybody yeah you know it's it, it's interesting you grew up in new york city uh you know middle class family i didn't really have a dad my mom worked uh and i never really grew up with parents mom's a great great person dad you know dad you know wasn't a bad person just wasn't wasn't a role model in any sense, you know, um, he, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in team sports. I never, I never understood so much about, about what being a leader about what I'm still constantly learning every day. And now, especially having kids now, it's so important for me to, to, mm -hmm. to, to really focus in on those finite details so I don't fuck up my children. Um, excuse my French. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I ended up in Afghanistan with these guys, like I saw what being a man was. I saw what being a leader mm-hmm. was. Uh, the way, uh, the way that the, and obviously there were some people that we ran into there that were kind of clowns, you know, it's, it's, it, but the, the, the units that I ended up gravitating to and going out on missions with more, you know, their, their leadership was awesome. And, and, mm-hmm. and it was just inspiring, you know, to see that people, that this wasn't just, um, it wasn't just, uh, propaganda posters that these were real life people, people, people that believe so much in helping other people that they would solicit the help of their congregations or their school systems back home to send school supplies so that they could go out on ops. And when they were finished on the mission, go to schools and distribute all the backpacks. This isn't on us government dime. This is on, this is on communities dime. This is on Mm -hmm. their wives, their churches, their synagogues, their mosques going out and collecting everything that they can and sending it over to Afghanistan for these guys to, to give out. So, you know, you, you, you learn, you learn firsthand. I learned firsthand about this, this, these people that, that I wanted to be like, so. Well, it's a, uh, it is fascinating. And you, you and I have had a, probably more than a few glasses of wine at your house and, and, and talk about these stories in depth. And um, they really are fascinating for for me. I think anybody that I've seen you converse with about this, people are kind of glued to your stories. I and mean, you have a lot of them. You know, my dad being a, a World War II veteran um, and listening to his stories before he passed away and hearing someone like you who got to witness similar things overseas, impressive. Um, I think on the, on the, on the, you know, kind of the more um, maybe pop culture side, you know, of this podcast, I'm really fascinating. Look, you gave me a great tour and, and uh, actually my boss, um, who's also retired at the time, you gave us a great tour of the set, the SEAL team. And I think for, you know, for people who have even been on Hollywood sets, um, it's an impressive layout. I mean, what is it? Is it, is a, uh, is it a C- 17 mock-up or C5 mock-up? So, C-17? Okay, so, so it's about 30% bigger than a C-130 and about 10% okay. smaller than a C-17. Okay, so somewhere in there. But but I've been on a lot of Hollywood sets. Again, you know, spent my entire life in, in Hollywood, you know, so to speak, and, and had been fortunate enough to, to, to see a lot of that stuff. But, man, when we walked into that soundstage, I remember making a right turn in that soundstage, and there's this cargo ramp. I'm thinking, how do they actually land a plane in the sound mm-hmm. It is so impressive. Um, talk to us about, about that. Again, for people, I know how popular this show is. And I know that the listeners, viewers w- would love to hear about maybe some of the, you know, behind the scenes 100%. stuff and how these, how these come, you know, to fruition, these scenes and all this action. Well, first off, like we're so lucky. We've got three executive producers that care about, authenticity they want it real they will go the extra mile to ensure that we have the details which allows me to do my job uh we've got studio execs and network execs that that love our military and they're all about making a show that is honest 
and true to our service members. Um, you know, so, so again, like, you know, it's out on the battlefield on a TV show, leadership starts from the top and it trickles down. And we're really fortunate in that sense that we have that leadership that actually cares. It's not, you know, it's, I mean, you were there that day. We brought what 50 of your CHP guys onto set and for lunch and all that. Like right. that wasn't coordinated. That was just, I ran into you guys at the broadcast center. It's like, Hey, come over for lunch. You know, that doesn't happen on a Hollywood set. You have to have people cleared. I mean, it's harder to get on a, a, a Hollywood lot than it is to get on like a military compound. Um, yeah. You know, but again, our leadership absolutely loves law enforcement. They love military. They love our first responder community. Um, they are, they are obviously with COVID, it kind of messed up the ability to do that. But, but, you know, I never, anytime I'd ever, you know, ask for permission to bring a veteran, an active duty guy or a law enforcement officer or a paramedic or fire on set, I'd never got declined on it. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. how I knew, you know, the only thing I had to check was to make sure we had enough catering for an extra 50 heads. You know what I mean? But by the way, by the way, especially cops, because you know, free food and cops, so they're, they're going to get stuff to go. It's, it's, it's every cop's second favorite <laughs> F word, free. Um, so, all <laughs> right. You know, all the years I never heard that when I. That's it's, it's, it's great. My anyway. my my deputy chief told me that like ten years ago. It's just it's always stuck with me, and it's so true. I love free stuff. I love free stuff. Uh, yeah. So, um, our leadership is just so wonderful about that. And, and I love it and they want it real. They want it. You know, we make a show that 12 million people watch, uh, right. but they genuinely care what the 300,000 people that are tuning in that actually know the piece of camouflage or the manufacturer vest or the type, you know, they, they want those details. You know, the idea is to make the show as real as possible without compromising operator safety. Like, right. you know, we never want to divulge information that could get guys hurt downrange. Um, you know, we, we just want we want a great show that honors and, and pays tribute to our men and women that serve our nation. Uh, we, we don't want a fluff piece. It's not a recruiting poster by any means, but, you know, it. it it's, I think, I've never served in the military, but I've spent a long time around guys from those units, watching them come into the units, watching them be the new guy, watching them progress to the TL. And now I'm getting old enough that I'm watching guys retire. Like, uh, like in about four yeah. years, the guys that I will first met when they came to the assets are now pushing out. And like, I mean, we're just getting old, sir. Uh, well, I'm getting, hey, I'm getting older than you. Speaking about, Watch people come and go. I knew I was getting old in the highway patrol. One day I was doing an inspection. This just it's reminded me. Sorry, I'm taking a little segue here, but I was doing an inspection. I was an assistant chief at the time. So I'm inspecting the troops at one of my commands and uh, started talking to one of these kids, <laughs> looking at his weapon. And he said, Sir, he said, uh, May I speak with you? I said, Well, of course, yeah, what? He goes, He said, you trained my father. <laughs> I almost fell over. I almost, I said, okay, where's, where's the, where's the cane or a wheelchair? And where's my depends? I go, I trained your dad. I looked at his name. I said, yeah, I trained so many. I trained 40 officers over my time as, a, as an FTO. And I said, I said, when was that? And he said, oh, it's like 1994 or something. 
I just thought, oh my God, but that's how old, you know, that's when, that's when the age factor set is. So anyway, I, I thought I'd chime in there, but go ahead. But about so that. Great, it is a I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to fight you on the mat. I wouldn't want to go into the gym and roll with you. Well, that, that makes two of us. You're, you are a wiry dude. And by the way, I, every time I'm at your house, I look at that gym you have there. So, oh my God, if I had a gym at my house, I could actually get in real shape. You know, it's, yes, it is. It is. I, I tell you, it's, it's important to me. A, I want to stay healthy and in shape because I love being active. But, you know, I'm, my character is a superhero. Yeah. Like I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I am playing, I'm playing America's super ninja. Like it's out of respect for those dudes. I think it's important to wake up and pound gym every morning for an hour. You know, take one day off a week and uh, and stay healthy, stay sharp, and 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 at least physically uh represent these guys properly so well you, you you do that speaking of that speaking of all the the physical you know uh requirements to talking about authenticity talking about attention to detail earlier with the sets but someone like you the people who are actually just you're behind the camera in from the camera i know you do both but the attention to detail that you're talking about in the physical fitness side is really that's something that cannot be faked on on camera it, it I know you guys are all in great shape. Do you, I know you have your own fitness program, but actually some of the things you do, I think it was a couple of months ago, a few months ago, you asked me if I wanted to bring the kid up to watch you jump out of a, I forget which helicopter up in like in the Santa Clarita area. I think it was, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that, is that right? My recollection? You missed a pretty incredibly wild day. Yeah. I was actually working for a living or something. I can't remember why I missed it, but so talk about that stuff and, and what training you got to do that and, and how often you do these things, you know, for SEAL Team, for the show. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's important that both myself and my dog, you know, it's important to all the actors on the show. You know, everyone, if you look at before and after pictures of every cast member, of what they look like, you know, season one, episode one to five to what we look like now. You know, it, it's been important to everybody to to up their game physically. And and it makes it, I mean, we do, my hat's off to every single person on that. Not only the cast, but the crew. You know, the cast, the cast, like, has never run around. And even though we don't, we're not wearing plates, our gear still weighs 15, 20 pounds. And mm-hmm. we're still in full kit running around 12 you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week in the mountains, in the heat, in the cold, in the rain, when it happens in California. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's no joke. It's physically demanding. And these guys crush it. The crew, you know, think about every piece of lighting equipment, every camera equipment, every rack of clothing. You know, we need all of our support structure where we're filming. And it ain't always easy to get there. And the crew just knocks it out of the park. It's... um. It's top notch. It it is a group, you know. It it's almost like being around special operations people because it's around a group of a hundred and eighty core people, three hundred people total, that are always know one word, which is yes. Like we don't know how we're going to figure it out, but we know we're going to figure it out. There's no there's no no. There's no we can't do it. It's chat. We're on it. Like we'll figure it out, and that's like one of the most impressive things about this industry that 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 
everybody involved is a go-getter and there's no there you know the the weak links get get sorted out and and gone you know but, yeah but our you know our core group you could ask and we could we could go to mars and film and they would figure out how to pull it off <laughs> well it's you know what it, it's a mentality i i try to teach my kid every day every day it's a ftp fix the problem mm -hmm. fix the problem and, you know, if I brought him here right now, I'd say, hey, Dylan, what's FTP? Fix the problem, Dad. Exactly. We can whine about it later on. We'll solve the issue right now so we can we can move on. Um, I, uh, again, being privy to being in a lot of sets, I know how much work it is. We all make fun of Hollywood, even though and people like you who are in Hollywood, we, we make fun of it. But it's it. there's so much work that goes into every single minute of footage that we enjoy when we watch you know seal team or any other well-produced show so for the fans so that they understand every 45 minute episode you see is about a month three weeks to a month of writing a script um and then like 10 to 14 days of prepping an episode eight days of shooting an episode and then like a month of post-production on an episode just for 40 minutes of television. Yeah. And, How many episodes? And, and while that's happening, you know, episode one, you're on your own. You get that all to yourself. But while we're filming episode one, we're prepping episode two, you know, mm -hmm. and then sometimes we're, we're, we're shooting prepping at the same time. Like it's, it's wild. Sometimes we're prepping four episodes at the same time before block shooting stuff. So it's, it ain't an easy job for people that want to get into it. You know, be prepared to, to earn your money. There ain't no free lunches in that industry. No, no, they're not. It, it is. A, it's a. It's a very, very competitive, very labor-intensive uh, industry. So, what does it look like for you? Because again, you know, I've said it a few times on this episode that you know you're behind and in front of the camera because you do obviously a lot of technical advising and it probably varies from episode to episode, but generally what does it look like for you? Um, what are you doing on a daily basis doing these seven, eight, nine days of shooting or prep um, or even writing maybe? So I, so I try and get the scripts as soon as I can, as soon as they're out, I'm reading them. Uh, I always joke with my bosses. I'm usually the first one to ask for a script and I'm usually the first one to watch and edit and get, you know, it's like I, half of me is cause I want to be prepared and you know, the stuff that I do on the show requires time. I'm acquiring equipment that doesn't exist in the Hollywood world. And the other half of me is I'm just, you know, I also say I'm probably the number one SEAL team fan. Like I love the show. I love what the show's about. I love the characters. I love the writing. I love the story. I love the cinematography. I love it all. And it has nothing to do with me being involved. If I didn't, if I didn't work on the show, I would still watch every episode of the show religiously because I love the subject matter. Um, uh, so, you know, I'll try and get a script as early as possible. And if I can't get a script, I'll just get an idea of like the mission we're on, like what the mission sense is. And then from there I'll start, trying to find the gear uh, or, or in some cases I look at the mission set and I can't find the gear that would be good for it. And then I'll use that mission as a, as a, as like a, an ability to create a piece of prototype equipment for that actual mission set. 
sometimes, you know, sometimes that stuff will end up going into, uh, going into the market space. And sometimes it's just a prototype that lives in, you know, and dies. But, you know, I'd like to use this show as a platform for developing equipment as well. It's, you know, it's a great place to test stuff. It's, it's, you know, the environments are all real. So, well, that is, that is fascinating. I think all the conversations you and I have had in person or, or otherwise, I hadn't heard that or even probably considered the fact that this is so realistic that it's really a test platform for, for equipment as well. Yeah, so like the, like the Can-Ams that you see on our show, our side-by-sides that we use, um, mm-hmm. I went and I got, I got, I, I like Polaris as a company. I love a lot of their vehicles, but I wasn't in love with their hat <clears throat> razor, their military razor. So I went and I got a Can-Am chassis of a vehicle that I like, that I find to be a little bit more, more stable. Uh, and then what I did is had the special effects guys and our in-house welders basically build up a side-by-side, uh, that's military looking, but I took all the things that I liked about the M razor and all the stuff that I didn't like about the M razor and created our own vehicle for Bravo team to use. Um, you know, obviously there were some things like I would have preferred it to be, you know, diesel. And there are some other components I would have liked it to have, but I couldn't, you know, price and weight just wasn't feasible to do it for a TV show. But, you know, mm-hmm. down the road, maybe, you know, maybe somebody from one of those companies, you know, uses uses what we designed out of it, which would be cool. Very, very interesting. I'm kind of curious. Um, this is this is you're in your seventh yeah, season going into season seven. Going into season seven. And how many episodes uh, per season? Uh, so it's been different every year. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we started off, I think the first three were 22 episodes a season. And then I think season four was 18. Season five was 15. Season six was 10. Or season five was 14. Uh, season six was 10. Uh, so we were on the network television pattern for the first three years. Then the fourth year, we were minus two episodes because COVID hit and it messed right. up. Uh, and then we went in season five, we went from network to, so we gave the first four episodes on network TV. And then we gave the last 10 for Paramount Plus for their streaming platform because they've got a very unique pattern of episodes counts. Mm-hmm. So then this year we were exclusively Paramount Plus. So we did 10 episodes on that. Gotcha. So it, so it does vary. So let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking about you know, jumping on helicopters and you know, all this stuff. What, uh, probably two different ones here, and we'll start with technically. What has been, uh, your time there, what has been the most technically challenging, whether it's you know logistics, equipment, uh, episode or episodes or particular scenes that you have produced, in, in your opinion? Nothing that, that our, our fans here would, yeah, would know. Nothing, nothing has been overly complicated. You know, we're not an elaborate show. You, you're not seeing these elaborate fight sequences, these elaborate gunfights. You know why? Because that's not what they look like in real life. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And like, like I said, it goes so back to the beginning. Our leadership wants real. They don't that's want. Great. They don't want a kung fu fight. You know, with nitty gritty 
roll, you know, they don't want a guy rolling over tables and engage, you know, they want what a gunfight looks like, you know, mm -hmm. occasionally there's some Hollywood stuff in there that we do. Uh, but ultimately, like if it were to happen in real life, it would look the way that we did it on the show. Yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, watching the episodes, I, you know, as, as a longtime cop, that is one of the things that's so appealing is that nothing is, you know, I'll use the phrase over the top. It's, it's realistic. Yeah. It's realistic. The funny thing is most of the, most of the, uh, um, the things that are really unbelievable in life actually happen in real life. It, it, it's the things you see in Hollywood are so often are usually are so crazy. Yeah. Um, but some of the freakiest things that actually, you know, they actually really do occur in real law enforcement and, you know, in military deployments, but the realism that, that, uh, SEAL team brings, it's what, in my opinion, has made it such a success. It is well thought out. It is like, certainly well produced. And there must be some great, great technical mind behind it advising people uh, to make it so good. And probably the guy I'm talking to. Um, no, 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 no. So I only technically advise on the equipment and the gear. That's right. it. I'm, I'm just. Well, hang on. I want to check, but you say only, but those details, those details show, and especially for, for the men and women in, in uh, the military who can pick out the stuff that's right. That's what I think in my opinion is what makes it so successful because those details are so important. Justin. Well, I appreciate that for me personally. I think the details that I find, I think it's, a, I think, I think the gear is literally the sauerkraut on top of the hot dog, but but it ain't making the hot dog great. I think what really makes yeah. the hot dog awesome is the quality and the fact that our leadership really did something like that no other show in Hollywood. Like they've hired, I mean, we've we've hired employed over three or three hundred and fifty veterans over the course of the five years, six years, uh, six seasons. So so we have at the executive producer level, we have a veteran. We have producers that are veterans. We have veteran directors, veteran writers, veteran stunt guys, uh, veteran tech advisors, veteran hair and makeup, veteran transpo, veteran uh, grips, electric, every, craft services. Every department has had vet PAs, everything, guest directors. It's been really cool. There's you know, there's ton and any any opportunity to hire veterans. This show really puts their money where their mouth is. When it's, they say veterans first, they mean it. You know, they they really care. And with the Paramount VetNet, uh, like we just have such a great community and access to be able to do good things to help our men and women um, that served our country. So it, it's it's really. It's something I'm incredibly proud of being a part of. Um, and it, it just doesn't happen in the, you know, it's very rare in this world, let alone this industry to, to have people that actually genuinely care and our leadership. Well, does. I, I will second, I will second that. Um, and this goes back to what we we're talking about earlier about, you know, your, um, your really gratitude mindset and your your generous mindset but being a part of like-minded people against what was what brings the realism and success to to this show i didn't know that uh, what you just told me i didn't know that until now uh, about hiring so many veterans for the show 
And, and when you uh, reveal that, you know, in other words, how, how could it go wrong from a realism point of view when you have so many people in the process who've been there, who've done that, who are contributing to this product? Uh, it makes total sense, um, the realism and the success of the show. It's absolutely amazing. Um, I, um, you know, I said I, I visit your home a few times and your family is just um, – you have a wonderful family and getting back to a little more of the uh, kind of the, the serious or, you know, macro implications of what you do and your mindset. I know, Justin, that you are first and foremost a man for your family. You love your country. You're a true patriot. You believe in the rule of law. You believe in self-responsibility. The things that we believe here at Leo Nation, I think those commonalities between you and myself is what brought us together. I really do and has really created a bond um you know you're you're a part of the fabric of this nation that you know i revere so much the good fabric and uh i'm just you know proud to call you a friend grateful to call you a friend and uh, i'm glad you're part of a process that brings really uh our our military to the forefront so people can 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 see and appreciate it and have fun with it and uh, i'm grateful so with that I um, I just want to say thanks for, for you spending time with us, and I'm looking forward to coming up there, and uh, I'm going to get out of the way. If there's anything you wanted to wind the show down with, you can have at it. No, I think, you know, in, in honor of it being Veterans Day, um, if if you guys are watching this and, and you have the ability to or feel inclined, uh, find a charity that you like that, that contributes. I'm a huge fan of the boot campaign. Uh, I really awesome. believe that the money goes to a great place and it really helps our veteran community. So um, if you're able to do it and you're watching this, please go check out the boot campaign. If you can get $5, $10, $100, $1,000, whatever you can do, the money goes to a good place and helps people. So, uh, And if you like canine veterans uh, and canine working dogs, uh, we've got a charity that we're doing right now with uh, MWDTSA. The links are in my bio on Instagram, uh, and you just Google Justin Melnick Instagram. But we are raising money to buy toys for every military working dog in this country. Over the past four years, Dita, my first dog, and I have managed to raise about 6,000 toys through the help of people like you. And this year, she's passed it along to my new dog, Pepper, because Dita is sitting out by the pool and enjoying retirement life. Uh, so we're, we're back at it, though, trying to help our, our military's furry uh, hair missiles. So if you guys can help out, it's MWDTSA, uh, Pepper's Toy Drive or Donation Drive. And uh, thank you guys for having me today. Well, Justin, thank you. I'll tell you what, and I hadn't mentioned it before, but we are recording this on Veterans Day. We probably won't get the, the entire podcast up on Veterans Day, but we'll try to get this clip up right now we're talking about. So if you're listening, hey, hit rewind, listen to those charities. Justin Melnick has helped so many people, so many organizations, so many underprivileged kids uh, in this country. Please help him to help others. Go to those uh, those charities, donate, support, follow him, follow Euralio Nation. Check us out on Instagram, on uh, YouTube. We need the support. Like it, subscribe, do it all. Make sure you hit the donate button on our page here. I'll take you to uh, the Leo Project, our, our our charitable partner. And we want to help the uh, families of fallen officers. Justin Melnick, SEAL Team, CBS, God bless you. Thanks for the time. We will be in touch, my friend. 
Can't appreciate your time. Say thanks enough for your time today. Thanks for having me, Mark. Great to see you. Come up and visit soon. We will we, we'll do definitely. Take care. Take care, my friend. Bye bye.